Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Land last week, just two, three people, and I'll be fine. And someone just remind me of one of the things that you picked or you got from the teaching of last week on the book of Nehemiah. Anyone? Anyone? I got this and this and this from that Bible study of last week. If nobody got anything, then the teacher didn't teach at all. Can someone tell us what? Because we talked about a lot of things. How he was in a good position, you know, and in that luxury and solid, comfortable state, you know, he still had concern about what was happening in Jerusalem. And I even wept and stayed and fasted and prayed and asked God for help. We talked about that. And also, we talked about he even had the opportunity not to do that, not to even go, you know, pay those price, take the risk. Can anybody remember that? Okay. Can anybody remember the enemies that attacked him? Can we? What are their names? Praise the Lord. They are not here in this church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we'll be continuing today from where we stopped last week. We'll talk about the enemies of the mission of God. Every one of us, every child of God has a purpose on it. And with that purpose, you have a mission to fulfill. So it can come in different ways. It can be an idea. It can be in a need, a form of a need. But every one of us has a mission to fulfill on earth. Now, with that mission, it attracts the enemy. Anything good that would come to anyone, the enemy is not happy. Understand that the enemy that we call the devil has experienced the beauty and the splendor and the pleasure and the benefit of staying in the presence of God. He understands, he knows what it means when God says, I will bless you, he will really bless you. So he is against anyone or any child of God from accomplishing the purpose and the plan of God for your life. And that's why he's always going to be against that mission that you want to fulfill. And this is what we are looking at in the life of Nehemiah, how the enemy stirred up people. Remember, the devil won't come himself. He will stir up people. Just like God will also stir up people that will take delight in his work, in his way, that will want to do his will without anybody begging you, but that you are moved that there is a need in the house of God. Why would the church be using pews? I'm not saying it's wrong. Whereas I have gold seats. My chairs in the house are gold. My spoons, everything are all gold. 
and then the church is using some dilapidated uh, stuffs. So there are people that are moved, just like Nehemiah was moved by the fact that he had a report. He said, the walls of Jericho has been destroyed. He was moved, and he took action. Now, he didn't just take the physical action by rushing to do this work. He took the first action by inquiring and asking God in prayer for help, direction, and support. And now what happened? The next day he got that. Why? He was in the presence of the king as he is required to always smile when serving the, cup, the, the king's you know, cup with wine. And he did not. And this was a trigger. Now God made the king see his face. Supposing the king is not even bothered to look at his face. He won't ask the question. But God made sure that the king looked at him and asked that question. And the response did not provoke the king. So it means that Nehemiah also was a diligent man in the king's palace, doing his work well, carrying his duty with respect, reverence, but with all diligence. That the king recognized him, even though he responded in a way that should provoke the king, the king did not see that, but the king rather saw the need and decided to help Nehemiah. So look at the response. How do you respond? How do you respond when the enemy is attacking you? In chapter 4 of Nehemiah, can we just go to chapter 4? The enemy, the Samuel and Tobiah, they actually had to call him so many times. They were angry and they were like, ah, what is wrong with you? How can you say you want to build this wall of Jerusalem? They threatened him not once, not twice, about four times. About four times. You see, see what the Bible says in chapter 1 and uh, verse 1. That they were provoked. They were angry. They, in fact, they, it's like their heart was even cutting them. Other scriptural description about it was that they were angry. That, How can this man be thinking of this thing? And the question I asked last week, what is their own there? But that's to tell you that the devil doesn't want the children of God to enjoy the blessings that God has kept for them. Now, if you read down as well, you will see that four or five times they called Nehemiah and they say, come, this world that you are building, in fact, there is something that is going to happen to you. They cursed him, they mocked him, they even mocked him in the presence of the workers that were working for him. And then they had to plan a conspiracy behind him. And what was that conspiracy? They wrote a report. Now, I just need to understand this man called Tobiah. Tobiah has, is in a high position because his brother-in-law, no, his father-in-law, is one of those you know, people in power those days that has influence. So he was constantly writing letters to the king. And one of the letters he wrote was a conspiracy that Nehemiah has agreed, you know, has planned, he has planted prophets, he has planted noblemen, people that will ordain him a king. Now, now this is a treasonable offense. Now, this was their plan. They have documented everything, and then they, were, they came and they told Nehemiah, see, this is the thing we are going to tell the king that you are planning. 
He is just trying to rebuild the wall, restore that wall back so that the children of God can actually come back together and have a place to fellowship and tabernacle with their God. But the enemy kept planning. You know how far they went? They went to hire a prophet. They went to hire a prophet, as, as in a prophetess, that hears from God. And this prophetess came and said, ah, they are going to kill you tonight, but come and meet me in the temple, me and you alone. But scripture says, Nehemiah, thank you, sir. Say, now, they all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Now, but scripture says that if you read down further, that Nehemiah perceived and knew that it wasn't God that was speaking through that prophet. How many times has the enemy come to you with the same people you know or and you think they are speaking the mind of God and you are able to pick that they are not saying what God has sent them to do? How many times? You know, scripture says, try all spirit. Try all spirit. And if your antenna is sharp, if you are able, if you have, you know, worked on that grace and that gift that we have, which is the discernment of spirit, which we all have when we give our life to Christ, we have a measure. But until you go in the place of prayer to develop it more, you will not be able to pick some of these things. So how many times have you been able to pick when somebody is telling you a lie or when somebody is trying to defraud you? Because people can actually come to tell you something that you want to hear just to get money from you or to make you do something that you don't want to do. Is that correct? But how many times are we able? Now look at Nehemiah. He was busy walking. He was busy encouraging people to walk. And then the enemy was also busy plotting on how to distract them, how to discourage them, and again, how to cause him to sin. But you see what Nehemiah said? Then I pray, hear us, our God, for we are being what? Mocked. May their suffering fall back on their head, and may they themselves become what? Captives in foreign land. They don't understand. Until they are under bondage, that's when they will understand what it means. So many people are under bondage of the enemy that they want to come out, but they cannot come out. They don't know how to because they are blind. They cannot see. Their hands are chained. They cannot even stretch it to call anybody. Their legs are even chained that they can't even run. That is the desires that the enemy had desired against Nehemiah but Nehemiah took it back to God in prayer. And Psalm 21 verse 11 says something. Can we see that? Now, the devices of the enemy concerning you, God will take care of them. God will take care of them. He said, although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never what? Succeed. They will plan. But you just know that you must walk with God. And it takes a spiritual man to design. It takes a spiritual man to decide when the spirit is sucking, when the spirit is leading, when the spirit is giving you a sign. It takes you to be at alert. Now, some years ago, I was going to travel to Lagos from Portacot, my school then. And I made every effort to join a bus, a luxurious bus back. Every effort, I mean every effort, to join that bus. Why? 
they were going to play ball that day, football, and one of those football fans, and the boss had television. And I saw the, you know, the prep and all that. And I paid to just, they said two people were left, so I paid so that I would be in that bus. They increased the fare I refused, I still paid. But do you know what they said? We were just two people that they needed. And I was waiting for the next person to come, only for them to come back, give me my money, I say, get down. They have the, the passengers, they have complete passengers. I was like, I paid. The guy said, do you want to argue with us? They gave me my money, I came down. It was a night trip. That same very bus, before we got to Onicha, it was one of the bus that was attacked. And the seat where I was supposed to sit was where arm robbers sprayed the bus from the front to the back. That very spot there, the person there died. So question, if I had put my head, because God, had, God was doing everything to take me out. If I had fight and everything, and I was there, I would have been that person that was dead. It takes you to be spiritual to hear. Someday I was traveling, I was driving back home in Lagos, Nigeria, and a call came in. That call matched everything. The person said everything that my brother-in-law has said he would do. He was abroad then, and he's still abroad now. He matched everything. But while he was saying it, the Holy Spirit, you know, prompted me and prompted me and said, ask him a question. And the question I asked him was that, can you bring all this, can you come and take this money you are asking from me at Bonnie Camp? And the guy was angry. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to my house, but I'll be in Bonnie Camp if you can come and collect this money from me at Bonnie Camp. That was all I said, and the guy was furious, and he said, take your money away, use this man. But I didn't know he was about defrauding me, but it was just that thing that the Holy Spirit said, that question, say, ask him. So how often are you able to pick signals from heaven? How often? When you are on your assignment for God, how often? Samblad became furious when he heard about this rebuilding, and the devil hated everything. And you know the devil hates light. Every evil that happens doesn't happen in the day, in the, you know, in light, it must happen at night. They must hide to do it. The place must be dark. So the question is this. How do you respond to the strategy of the enemy when he attacks you? What kind of words do you use? What are even your thoughts? How do you approach them? Nehemiah didn't go to fight them. In fact, it got to a stage that they had to equip all the workers some of them we are holding, you know, spear, and some had to tie sword on their waist while they are walking. Some of them had to use one of their hand to walk. They were ready. How ready are you as well? How ready? They will pray, they will walk. You see, it got to a stage that they, they couldn't take off their clothes. They kept walking, regardless of. So what strategy are you using today against the enemy? Are you using your own strategy? Or are you relying on the strategy of God? And the best strategy you will get is the help of the Holy Spirit. If you re rely, depend on the Holy Spirit, he will give you the idea that you will use. Now, it's not all battle that you need to just keep quiet and, and you know, close your eyes. There are some battles you need to open your eyes and command the enemy.
Scripture says, resist the devil, and he will do what? And he will flee. It didn't say stop at just one time. You keep doing that. And First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, says something. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, what? Is like a roaring, what? Lion. He walketh about, and he keeps seeking whom he may devour. Now, the scripture did not say the devil is a lion. It just said he's like. He's like. So he's not a lion. Now, is either a lion or is not? But the scripture said, you and I, we are what? We are what? We are an offshoot of the lion. So a lion can only give back to a lion. And if God is the lion of the tribe of Judah, you are also what? You are like your father. So you are the one that is supposed to back for the devil to run away. Not the devil backing and you run away. We need, to, we need to understand how we need to deal with our enemy. Don't allow fear bring you down. Hold you captive. Some people are actually living in the bondage of fear, which was what they tried to do to Nehemiah. To just make him be scared. Get him to be afraid, but he refused. They tried everything, but he refused. Do you know that even his own people got to a point that they were giving people money in that same situation and charging interest? They were lending people money and charging interest. We'll, we'll get to that. But please remember that your real enemy is, is spiritual, not physical. And your response also matters. But also, you must always stay in the place of prayer. You must always stay in the place of prayer, and then you must persevere. You must. The devil can use anybody. Anybody. Can you imagine Job's wife talking to the husband? Say, cause this God and die. That is the only God that this man has introduced to this wife the day he got married to her. And he got to a point, instead of the woman to encourage her, she was saying, just tell this man, cause this God so that you die immediately. But thank God Job wasn't foolish. He didn't heed to that advice. So we have to be vigilant because the devil can use anybody, anything to turn you up. See what he told Jesus Christ. He quoted scripture to Jesus Christ. He said, ah, this whole world, just bow down to me, I'll give you. And Jesus laughed and said, look, <laughs> you, all that you have, all that you think you know, they are mine. I can't bow down to you. I can't bow down to you. Friends, I just want us to understand that until you stay spiritual, you are living a dead life. A carnal man is completely dead. Nothing will happen. The Bible says, a living dog is better than what? Eh? But even if that lion is dead, can you walk past that lion? Eh? Answer now. Can you walk past a dead lion? Even if you are sure, can you still walk past it? Are you not? <laughs> you will not. You would think the thing is just plain. Even the one that they, even the one that they use as doll. Have you watched those videos that they will just get all these doll 
lion and put him, you know, beside a dog or somebody. And you see the way the dog will scream. They are dull. They are not real. That is, that is just to, to show you that lion is a lion, whether it's dead or alive. But the Bible says the living one is better. So, but you are not a dog. You are a lion. So your approach to the devil should be superior. I can't imagine a dog barking and the lion will be shivering. Just understand, the fact that you are a child of God doesn't make you immune of the target of the enemy. No. In fact, it's clear. Once he knows, he will target you. But your understanding of who you are will help you to stand through that difficult situation. And that's what helped Nehemiah. With everything that they planned, they did, they carried out, they taught, none of them shaked him. He wasn't even scared. He wasn't moved. Instead, he would go back to God in prayer and God would give him an idea and he would use that idea and things would change. Why? He understands that he is a lion. So stop all this fear of I dreamt today that somebody chasing me, tomorrow another person dug a hole. Why can't you dream better dream? No, why can't you dream better dream? There are other things you can dream of. And must it even be evil ones? Why can't you even wake up from dream one day and they gave you 20 million? Praise the Lord. Please, we must understand who we are. Understanding of who you are will determine how you will deal with the enemy. You must understand who you are. The Bible has classified us as a lion, and there are three different animals that the Bible has used to describe us as children of God. So you must see things from the eyes of the Spirit. You must always, at all times, pick what the Spirit is saying, and you are moved by the Spirit, and you are led and directed by the Spirit. And the Bible says, as many that are what? That are led by what? So, are you led by the Spirit in those actions and decisions that you take? Are you led by them? Are you led by those, by the Spirit of God, when you take those actions and decisions? And remember, in any conflict, whether I like it or not, the lion will always prevail. So, how do you handle conflicts? How do you handle conflict? Because people will come up with issues, you know, among themselves. It got to a point that Nehemiah had to call those people and say, look, we are all suffering here and you are busy charging your fellow brethren interest. He said, look, I have given, now he was saying this when he was praying to God. He said, I have given my own money. I have given my own house. I refuse to collect my benefits from the government, from the presidency. Use everything, all the resources that I have to feed the people of God. Leave this project alone, but take care of God's people. And he said, Father, please remember to reward me. And he was advising these people, please make sure you don't charge your fellow brethren who are suffering in this pain, adding more pain, adding more punishment on them. He had to talk to them. Now, conflict amongst brethren. How do you manage conflict amongst brethren that somebody offend you in church how do you manage it do you take the person to court 
Huh? How do you say this one is not church? This one is business. How do you manage it? Because the enemy strives when he sees that we are in conflict. He's always happy. Some people lose, they lose their, they forget who they are. When they have done the wrong thing, they would not remember, ah, I made a mistake. But Nehemiah used that conflict, you know, to unite the people. Instead of losing out, he made progress. And they achieved their aim, they achieved their purpose. So question for us. When the Holy Spirit moves you to resolve a conflict that you are involved in, but the other party does not want to resolve it, what do you do? Yes, Sister Theola. Sorry, what I'm about to say may sound a little simple, but I was just saying the Holy Spirit that moved you can also move that person. So pray for the Holy Spirit to move that person too. Thank you. <laughs> now what if it doesn't, the person refuses? What will you do? Bratunde? I, I say you put him at arm's length. Simple. Ah. <laughs> Is that what scripture says we should do? <laughs> okay, my sister. <laughs> Love covereth multitude of sin. Yes, ma'am. So, on your own side, make peace. And at the same time, continue to commit the heart of that person to the hand of God for healing. You know, when the mind is healed, mm. you look for the wound, you won't feel the pain again. So it takes the Holy Spirit. You know, when, a man, when you are really hot, sorry, and people coming to you may not really do the work, but mm. it is God himself. And when he does the healing, the heaviness, the bigness of that thing, you look for it and you won't find it again. And that is genuine forgiveness. Thank you, ma. Any other? Okay. I think they want to... <laughs> Redeem no, himself. I just wanted to, because what you said was if you, you've tried to make peace and the person is refusing, so what do you do? Instead of trying to um, aggravate the matter, because if you keep going to the person and the person is pushing you back, you just put the person at arm. You can pray, you can say pray, but you put the person at arm. You don't have to go force yourself to the person always. You can always put him, at, him or her at arm's length and you pray for the person. I don't know if we have another person, but I was just imagining Jesus Christ having the knowledge and understanding that this Judas, with all the teaching, with all the advice, with all the counseling that he has been saying, still, Judas was still bent on doing what he wanted to do. Yes, Sister Princess. Uh, I can't really remember the steps now, but I know uh, the first thing you do is you involve one of the brethren in the church to talk to the person. If the person refuses to, uh, to yield, then you involve elders in the church. And the word of God said, if still the person didn't respond to the elders, then you classify that person as an unbeliever. Praise the Lord. Yes, 
Sister Rike. Oh, the same thing. Okay. Any other person? Okay, Sister Anita. So, in addition to the steps, and I, and I appreciate that because that's, that's one thing I was initially going to say, but even in addition to that, um, personally, in the way God has even dealt with me in this is coming to a place of understanding of why that issue is even there. I'm learning that sometimes it's not even about the other person, it's about you, the party involved that is even willing. And God teaching you a place of patiently turning someone away from darkness to lights. And so there is that place, and to your point about what Jesus would have done, knowing that Judas, you know, was going to betray him, yet he not only, you know, sat down to eat supper with him, he washed his feet, you know. And it's even in that place of, it's, it's a level of sacrifice of love that we show because God has, first of all, shown his own love to us. And I know that, that that part really, I don't know if, if it's something everybody can do, but we can get there. The grace is there. If Jesus did it, the grace is there. But there's the place of also knowing, you know, how to apply the wisdom and, you know, listening to God. Because sometimes, you know, you know the heart of man really is desperately wicked. Mm. Somebody might have extreme evil in their hearts against such a person even and do extreme things but even in that god can direct your path away from the pitfalls that they dig for you you're not entering but you're still able to show them unconditional love just as god has shown to you so there's the place of praying them through to knowing that this isn't so much about the person but about a seed of discord that the enemy is trying to sow to scatter something that god is trying to do when we understand that we will no longer look at the person. We'll look to where the problem is. And the enemy always is the devil. So he's still back to prayer. Thank you so much. Thank you for the contribution. You want to say something? Because you keep raising a hand. Let's take a young daughter here. So a spiritual man will always go back to God in prayer. Yes, yes she... What I'll do if the person still doesn't want... If the person still refuses, what I'll do is... Use the mic. What yeah. I'll do is um, keep, um, like, trying to get them. But if they still refuse, I would involve others. And if they still refuse, what I'll do is I'll just leave that person. It'll probably give them some time to think about it. And then after, they would come back to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So she answered perfectly. As a child of God, don't, give, don't keep them at arm's length. Because let me tell you, the Bible says offenses will come. It will arise. But how do you manage it? You know, the time you are talking to that person, you want the person to react. The person may not react like that. But you need to go back and pray. And if actually you say we have the love of Christ in us, then that love that we have should see beyond what that person is doing. And see that it's the enemy that is planning, you know, a, a pitfall. Because that's what Nehemiah did. He saw, he saw beyond that. He didn't even look at all those things. He addressed it. He moved on. So the thing is, how do we handle that? We must stay in the place of prayer and forgiveness. Stay in the place of prayer and forgiveness. Now, somebody asked a question. That how... how do you think it is easy for me to forgive someone that is owing me? 
and I know the person still he has the money to pay and has refused to pay. How easy is it? Yes, Sister Nike. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, yeah, so if it's not easy for the person, I'll use an example here. I had someone owing me money, and so I prayed. And in the morning, I got an e-transfer. So if you can't forgive the person, you pray about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pastor, what did you say, sir? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the one that will let this for you. <laughs> Thank you, Stanika. Yeah, Pastor Femis, you want to say something? Well, I know it's hard, but sometimes, like for me, there is one I'm going through currently. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hmm. it depends on your own understanding, really. Because I, I could remember when I asked the person about the money, it was just counting that uh, my mother is sick, this and that, all my salary I've been spending it on her. I just kept quiet. <laughs> so I know it's hard, but I know that there is a state we get to with God that we'll be able to thrive over all these things. Those, those things are, are sometimes, the devil may want to use it to get at you, but your understanding of your relationship with God can help you to overcome at such instances. Yes, Sister Taya. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, me, from personal experience, it's, it's not that easy, right? But at times, if such happens to me, and um, I try to kind of tell the person to give me back my money, and he refuses, at the end of the day, I might let go. And I'll pray to God to bless me more so that I don't even think about it. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, let me add this so that you can, you can ask your question properly, Sister Anita. Now, the reason why I ask this is this, that this person is owing you this money and you need this money to feed your children. You need this money to take care of your sick mom in the hospital. You also need this money to even pay transport for jobs that you are applying for. How would you do? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Only that money. <laughs> you know why I ask that? You know why I ask that? So Nehemiah got to a point that he was angry. Why was he angry? And I'll tell you. He was angry because the people were working without food. He was angry because they were left powerless, if not for the fact that God was there. He was angry because the people had no money, so they had to borrow. And people were charging them interest. He was also angry because they were without land. Do you understand me? And he was also angry because the people were selling their children for food. So what he had was what he was using. Now, if you find yourself in that position, and what you are supposed to use from them to take care of them, somebody has, okay, I'll give you next week. And next week has never come. It's two weeks, three weeks, and you need that money. One month, two months. How would you do that? Is that it? Okay, so actually, um, quite frankly, I've personally been in that situation before. 
um, not only was money borrowed that wasn't returned, but a member of the family even now stole my ATM, went into my account, and withdrew what was even left. And I needed that money for house rent. That's another level. <laughs> That's not all. On top of it, when I tried to fight for my right, I was thrown out of their house because I was courting with them at the time. Wow. So overnight, I became homeless, broke, and with nothing. Um, quite frankly, I borrowed money. I didn't borrow. I got money from some friends to be able to continue going to work, and it was very painful. I remember I stood outside for a long time and I was in tears and saying, "God, this is out of you know." I started recounting different things that God, I did this, I did that, I did that, and here we are, you know. But in all of that, God opened doors in the most unlikeliest of ways, and. Just a couple months after that, I had my own place. I was able to get some money back, got my own place. God gave some wisdom you know, with some businesses that I did through my workplace, and it brought in the money that I needed. I saved up that money in months, lots of months. And in just a number of weeks, I was able to gather money back for rent, got support from some other persons, and was able to move into my own place. Now, one of the things that over time that I've come to learn, and, and there's a scripture I wanted to read here, um, Deuteronomy 15, from verse 1, it says, At the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. This is how it must be done. Everyone must cancel the loans they have made to their fellow Israelites. They must not demand payment from their neighbors or relatives, for the Lord's time of release has arrived. And then you keep reading, it goes down and it talks about that. And I think there's somewhere in Proverbs as well, where it says that when you're lending money, you're lending as if you're lending it to God. Don't expect repayment. Quite frankly, personally, that's how I've chosen to now live my life. If you come to me and you say, borrow me money, and I know that it's not an amount that you know, if I have to let go, you know, balancing that with whatever, you know, um, when your brother asks you for something and you know it's within your power to do it and you don't do it, then it's bad. Having that understanding is that, God, is this within my power to let go? If it's not within my power to let go, then I will not let go, but I will support you whatever I can. Because at the end of the day, wisdom is also profitable to direct. Support whatever you can, but when it becomes a loan, in the, at the back of my mind, there's an unconscious, there's a subconscious thing that says this person may not pay back, so be prepared to let it go. I have someone who's owed me money for like almost three years now, and okay, but we've let go. So it's, 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 it's hard though, to be honest, it's very, very hard, but it's possible to let go. Thank you so much. What Nehemiah did was just different. He turned to God. He turned to God. Now, these are God's people that need all this care and all these things. But he turned to God. While he was using this, he turned to God in prayer. He asked God for help. He asked God for support. Now, I understand that you need that money. But there is more to get if you focus on God and pay attention to what he's saying to you. Remember, you can't touch the heart of a man and transform that heart. You can't even change the man's heart. If somebody has refused to give you money, if you like, cry from now to tomorrow, he won't give you. But, but, but it takes, but it takes God to touch the heart of a man to give you. And there's a lot of situations like that that some people just tell you, oh, if you had come yesterday, I would, you know, I would have given you the money. Do you understand? So it takes God.
to touch the heart of people. Another lesson we must learn here is that always value the people of God. God might call you to do something, but his people must be first. His people's interests must be first. If you value God's people and treat them with love, God will also value you. Remember, these are the people that he sent his own son to die for. So don't take them for granted. Don't overlook them. Don't even talk to them anyhow. Don't even say, is this not you? You don't have anything. No. God's people are treasure. They are treasure to him. His son left everything. Jesus left everything because of these people. He did not just come, but he died. He did not just die, but he went through a lot of humiliation because of his people. So Nehemiah understood that and paid all his attention to that. He forgot his privilege, the benefits, the things and the pleasure that, you know, he would enjoy or he was even enjoying. He forgot that and he forged on. And some of those things can be a form of distraction that the enemy, you know, would try to use to make us derail or, you know, move us out of the focus or the plan or the purpose that God has called us to do. But make sure that we focus on God. Do not focus on the situation. Do not focus on the enemy. Do not focus on that need. Focus on God. Scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, if you keep looking unto him, keep believing and expecting him to do it, he will do it. But it's not that you are looking up today, tomorrow you are looking down. No. Today you say you have God, tomorrow you go to you know, do some, some jazz. No. Yeah, some people, the pastor was asking, was asking what is jazz. Now, some people go and do, some people go and do this voodoo. And I, I, I learned now that it's even in Canada. People have gone as far as, you know, from America, U.S., when U.S. and America is something. America, Canada, you know, they've gone all the way to Africa to bring all these Ifa gods, all this wooden fake god that cannot talk, that you have to teach them to answer. They have gone to, they import, they, they, they even have them here. They have them here. And you can imagine how easy it is for you and I to pray to our God and you answer. And somebody will carry his own God and put it in the pocket. And you will get to one dark corner and will be talking for the God to answer. It doesn't make sense. God that cannot save himself, God that cannot even talk for himself, God that cannot even work for himself, people put their confidence and their hope in them. For us, it shouldn't be so. For us, we have a God that is living. That any time we call upon him, he does what? He answers. He showed up for Nehemiah. Times and times and times and over and over again, he showed up in all the difficult situations. He showed up. And, you know, Sambala and Tobiadi were surprised because at the end of the day, the purpose, the mission that Nehemiah went out to do, was commissioned to do, he achieved them. Do you know that at the end of the day, Nehemiah didn't even, you know, stay to do some of those things. He handed some of the, you know, responsibility to his own brother. But he was focused. So the enemy is not your focus. 
but your focus should be on the assignment and on God. So avoid distraction because distraction has a lot of things that it can, that it can cause in the course of our assignment, in the course of our duties, in the course of our calling. So what is it that is distracting you from achieving that purpose or that assignment or that task God has given you? What is it? Is it that you need a job? Or is it a job that is not your problem? Is it that you need children? Or is it children that is not your problem? You know, some of us will say, Ah, God, if I get to work from home now, remote job, I will be praying like three times a day. How many times have you done that? How many times? Some will say, Ah, God, if you just give me a job that they will pay me X, Y amount, forget it, my offering will go up. How many times have you even paid your tithe? So what are the things that are distracting you? Because all these things have consequences. If I can't trust God with my $10, can I trust him with $100? He's the one that multiplies it. So until you have that confidence and trust in your maker, that's when you go back to him with that assignment and say, oh, these are the challenges I'm facing. He will give you an idea. I read in the Bible, Nehemiah said, and God gave me an idea. So there is always a way out. If you are stuck in the calling that God has called you or in the assignment that God has given you, why not go back to him and ask? Or are you trapped with fear and doubt? If you have doubt, faith can't come in. It's only fear that will come in. But if you have faith and you believe, then your faith will produce a result. But the thing is, who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as a winner, as a victor, as a conqueror? Or do you see yourself as a loser? So it depends on how you see yourself. Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So what? So how do you see yourself? It's the way you see yourself that will determine how you talk. It is the way you see yourself that will determine how you even respond or react to situation. And some situation can come banging like this. And you can imagine how many people would have taken off from here. But it, 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 it depends on who you see yourself as and how well you know your God. The Bible says it's only those that know their God that shall do what? They will be what? Strong. And they will do what? Exploit. How well do you know your God? Do you know your God just based on the fact that the only information you know or knowledge you have is on what they taught you, the pastor's teaching on Sunday and Wednesday? That's the only food you take. That's not going to be enough. You need to have a personal relationship with him. You need to spend time to hear from him. And don't stay on the word that you had from God since two years ago or three years ago. You should have had one yesterday or this morning or this afternoon or this evening. What is it that is distracting you? Praise the Lord. Remember, distraction has consequences. If you are distracted as a driver, what will happen? Accident. It doesn't matter how many years you have been driving. Once you are distracted, 
accident. And if you are driving, you don't have any, any reason to look back. Instead of looking at the rear mirror, you just turn your head and keep looking at you, you collide. And that's why you have the big screen in front of you. And if you hit somebody at the back, you don't have to, they can't judge that case, it's judged already. So what is it that is distracting you? Is it a job? Is it the business? Is it the children? Is it the blessing that is distracting you from achieving that dream, that purpose that God has given to you and I? What is it that is distracting you? And there are other things that can distract us as well. There are other things that can distract us. Some of them can be your husband or your wife. Am I correct? Okay. Am I correct? I thought I would have called some people now to answer. Thank you for answering. So we have to watch it. What is that thing that is distracting you? Now, in spite of all and every opposition and strategy of the enemy, the world was completed. The world was completed. That purpose was achieved. Why? Because Nehemiah persevered in prayer. You see the end before you even get there. Why? Because you walk in the spirit. He will reveal it to you. That walk was completed. The Bible says the people we are determined to walk. Read Nehemiah 4. See, the people we are determined to walk. And Nehemiah also was determined to, this work must be completed. No matter what you guys do, there are needs in the hands of God. How many of us are determined to see that those needs are met? There are ideas that God has inspired in our heart. How many of us have seen that those ideas come to pass? It doesn't matter whether they pay you or not. But for the fact that it has to do with God, it must succeed. Years ago, we had moved to, I used, they used to move me around with some team to plant church. So there was one of these church that I was sent to. We started that church, you know, the building and everything, like play, like joke. It became the provincial headquarter. We didn't, it was just one of those churches. But there was a way I was walking. Now, this is somebody describing me. And the person was saying, is, how can Brian Maker be walking like this? Is he a mad person? No, I'm telling you. And this person was the pastor's daughter. How can he be putting all his effort and be... Now, that was a description of me. But, you know, I enjoyed the way I was walking because at the end of the day, it has made me who I am. Now, I look back now to that person that described me. We still need prayer for that person to stand. Why? All the things that I put my hand to do those days, I have seen and I saw that God made them prosper. And also God distinguished me. I don't know if you understand me. Now, I will give you this. The Bible said the race is not for the swift, nor for the wise, or for men of skill. Now, those days, the people that we are dealing with in the VI, lucky those days, we are dealing with people that have the money. And their children are well-placed, they know what. So I was one of those that we are not. So I was, I was there by divine arrangement. You know, there are some places you can't, you can't go if you don't have connection or you don't have money. 
like a Koei club and all that. Now, for me to be in that kind of setting and doing what I'm doing and excel, it is God. Why? If the hand of God is on you, it can move you anywhere and it can make you to be on top. Even though physically you don't qualify, he will qualify you. Praise the Lord. Now, if you see God's business as your own business, then he will prosper you. One of the things that happened during COVID, I was telling my wife this, was that when I see the church closing down, I felt pain in me. I felt pain in me. That, how can church close down? I was, my wife will tell you, I was so unhappy. How can church close? Church is not a shop or superstore that will close down. No. It's the house of God. And he said, my house is a house of prayer. A house of prayer is not locked up because of situation. And one of the things I was doing that time was praying. I said, God, this is not going to happen. Why? It was a strategy of the enemy to pull some people back. Good reason to make them not to even come near the church. Ah, COVID, COVID, COVID. And I asked myself, if the Bible says my body is the temple of God and the Holy Spirit is in me and the three, three, Trinity is in me, where is the place for the sickness? Where is the place for the disease? Where is the place for the virus? We played and moved around, and nothing happened to us. Why? We see ourselves as God has always seen us. Because we are seated far above all these sickness and diseases. All these things that other people will turn back and fall. We are seated far above them. See his business. As the most important thing on earth, your own is just by the way. If you treat his business with all pleasure, with all seriousness, and with all diligence, he will promote you. Praise the Lord. Do we have any question? Or contribution or comment? Before I hand over to Pastor, any question or contribution or comment? Do we have any question? Praise the Lord. Nehemiah paid the price. He was promoted. He was blessed. And one of the things that happened was that amongst all the books in the scripture, his was part of it. The Bible had a place for a man named Nehemiah. Where will your name be written? Is it going to be written on marble or clay? Where will your name be written? How are you treating the assignment and the needs and the situation around you that God has opened your eyes to see and you refuse to see? And God has blessed you to help, to sponsor, and you have refused to re use your resources. May God help us in Jesus' name. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.